Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast, encouragement and hope in a despairing world. A reading from Galatians chapter 6. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. And if, if you are new, we process the cross as a, a visual reminder that Christ is with us. He come into the room when, when we process the cross then. He's already here. But for us, it's a visualization that Christ is among us. Our gospel this morning, this evening, is from the gospel of Mark chapter 10. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We're able. And Jesus said to them, The cup I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when uh, they heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must Be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please sing this song with me as we prepare our hearts for the ministry of God's word. Speak truth to my heart For my own thoughts betray me Breathe life on my bones For this desert is leaving Me thirsty 
Well, happy uh, Labor Day weekend, everybody. I hope that uh, you are able to get some rest this weekend, do something that brings you joy and spend time with people that you love. But thanks for being here. It's really good to be with you this evening. Let's just say a word of prayer before we get going. Holy Spirit, we know that you are here, but still we just invite you to come. We want you to be with us and among us. Lord Jesus, you are the perfect depiction of what a servant looks like. And I pray that just through your word tonight, you would teach us how to be your servants, how to be your body, how to exhibit you to the world around us. We love you, Jesus, and we just want to be more like you. Amen. So if you've been here the past few weeks, we're kind of on a journey together where we're talking about the um, four core commitments here at the Mission Cleveland. They are belong, grow, serve, and go. So we've talked about belong already. We've talked about serve. Um, Father Luke brought a word about serve last week. I'm sorry, grow, and then we're going to talk about serve this week. Um, and so when we talk about service within the Mission Cleveland, I just want to make sure and note that we're talking about service within the body of Christ. When we talk about the commitment of go, that's when we'll talk about service outside the church and the world and the community. So for tonight, when we talk about serve, we're talking about within the body of Christ. And just a disclaimer, um, kind of before we dive in. I know that some of us, probably many of us, have had negative experiences while serving the church. Maybe you've experienced burnout um, or just a deep sense of obligation to serve. Maybe you've even connected your self-worth um, or even measured God's love for you in relation to how much you are serving. Um, maybe you've been taken advantage of in some way. The unfortunate reality is that I think it's probably easier for most of us to point out the negative um, when we talk about service within the church than the positive. And so what I want to do first is just offer a, a question to help us reframe this idea of service. And here's that question. I think it's up on the screen for you as well. When is the last time that you stopped to think about all the ways in which you have been loved and served by the church, by the body of Christ. I'll be honest, I hadn't really stopped to think about and process my answer to that question until um, in preaching team this week, I was encouraged to do so. And so I just want to share with you a few of the things that I thought of, a few of the personal ways I feel like the church has really loved me and served me well over the years. So first, um, maybe this is obvious, I feel like the church has provided just deep spiritual guidance for me. The body of Christ has sent me calls and texts just to check in and see how I'm doing on any given day or in any given season of life. The body of Christ has offered me a cup of coffee or tea, which may seem like a small thing, but it can make you feel seen when someone offers to do something like that. I'll call out Tabitha a few, uh, maybe a few months ago. I think I was preaching, and I'm, I just had butterflies in my stomach. I wasn't feeling well. Just let me run over to the coffee shop and get you some peppermint tea. You know, it's good for your nerves. Felt so seen in that moment. The body of Christ has provided just a listening ear when I needed it. 
lots and lots of prayer from so many of you even in this room. The body of Christ has held my children when I couldn't, maybe at a pizza dinner or as I'm you know, cleaning up after church or setting up or in a small group context. That means so much to me. Luke Matthews, who's not here tonight, visited my husband and I in the hospital when we had our second child, and he prayed over us, and he spoke a blessing over us. So many of you brought meals in that season of life. I could go on and on. It was really encouraging to my heart um, to, to practice that exercise, to stop and think about the ways in which the church has loved me. And as I did that, I was also forced to kind of look back and, and process a little bit about just my personal history with the individualistic versus collectivistic view of the church and the church body. This may seem like a silly illustration, but it keeps popping up um, in my head as I'm thinking about it. But I feel like the, the context in which I was raised, I was kind of taught to view like this um, journey toward Jesus as this like candlelight dinner with him. Like it was all about my personal intimacy with Jesus. Like that was the, that was the main thing. And then as we started um, attending the mission, it became more and more evident to me, even week by week, like, oh, there's a much more collective element to the body of Christ than I ever realized. This is not a, a candlelight dinner. This is a banquet table where Jesus is here, but I'm sitting here with all these people and we're journeying together. The truth is that none of us can function individually as Christ's body in this world. We were never meant to do that alone, but we function as Christ's body in a healthy way when we are belonging and growing and serving and going together hand in hand and arm in arm in this world. So bearing all that in mind, I just want to offer a uh, quick definition of service. This is taken directly from the Life with God Bible, so I I cannot take credit for this, but I thought it was a good one. Service is defined this way. Loving, thoughtful, active promotion of the good of others and the cause of God in our world, through which we experience the many little deaths of going beyond ourselves. Isn't that a rich definition? And so what I want to do in in this homily is just kind of break that definition down into three parts and talk about each one briefly. So first, when we serve, I believe that we promote the good of others. Referring back to our epistle reading, Galatians 6.10 says that we do good to all, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. There's that emphasis on especially. And that term household connotes a familial component to the body of Christ. And the truth is that we sacrifice most for those that we love most, those that are closest to us, those that we have lived life with those who know us deeply, who we have shared experiences with. And this made me think of um, some of Jesus' final words on the cross from John chapter 19. It says, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her, to his own home. Some could argue this was the birth of the church as we know it. 
Jesus committed his mother and this disciple whom he loved to one another, thereby creating almost a new definition of family, not defined by actual blood, but by the blood of the cross of Christ, by the blood of Jesus. And within family units, I want to just note two things I think families do for one another that feels true within the body of Christ. Number one, uh, families provide for one another. In the book of Acts chapter 2, talking about the early church, it says, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Can you imagine if we as a church body were a place that when someone had a need, it was met? There was just no question. Like we were just a people that met each other's needs consistently. The thing about that is that requires us to, one, be vulnerable and speak up about what our needs are, right? That's hard to do sometimes. But then knowing that in that vulnerability, we can trust that someone else in their vulnerability will step in and say, hey, I can meet that need because it could be me tomorrow that needs a need to be met. So families provide for one another. Families also balance one another out. So within this family unit, within this body of Christ, we are all not the same person. We all bring different things to the table. We have different gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I believe that it's God's grace to us that we are all different. How boring it would be if we were all the exact same. So we want to bring our unique gifts and talents and resources to this, this familial unit, this body of Christ, in order for it to function in a healthy and a flourishing way. So when we serve, we promote the good of others. When we serve, we also promote the cause of God in our world. And this is where I feel like this, this body of Christ imagery really comes, comes into play. Like I mentioned before, we cannot function as Christ's body in this world unless we are functioning together. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. None of us alone can be the body of Christ in this world? Can we exhibit the qualities and the characteristics of Christ and the love of Christ? Sure, but we're going to do that in a more holistic way when we're doing it together as we were meant to. And so in this moment, I, I just encourage you to take personal inventory. Just note quickly on what you are currently bringing to Christ's body. Are you bringing activity and eagerness? Are you just bringing rest? Are you bringing indifference or apathy? Are you bringing excitement? There's no shame, just recognition. But I think it's so important. I think our, our deep work as individuals is to discern in each season what our functional roles are in the body, or it will not be healthy and it will not be flourishing. The goal here is for each of us to just show up, even though we're all going to show up in so many different and various ways. Kind of a, a hot button, not really an issue, but a, a cultural term right now is this idea of self-care. I don't know how you feel about self-care, but personally it's something that I deeply value because I just believe if I'm not caring for myself, I know I'm not going to care for those in my life well. And so I think if we bring that idea to this body of Christ imagery, I think it, it works the same way. We have to care for 
this body. We have to care for one another and serve one another and love one another so that we can promote the cause of God in this world. John 13, 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So if we want the world to know what we're about, if we're going to promote the cause of God in this world, we have to love one another or we will not be recognizable, Scripture says. And lastly, when we serve, we go beyond ourselves and die many little deaths. You think back to our gospel passage. I'm just going to read the last couple verses of that. It says, But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus paved the way. He set the example. He gave up his life for the sake of others. And there's just this cyclical reality in our lives that life begets death and death begets life, right? That's the truth of the gospel, that something or someone has to die in order for new life to be formed. And although this is and can be extremely difficult, when we die to self, I believe that we find the abundant life that Jesus talks about. We find the life that Jesus embodied and intended us to have all along. We find the richest form of life when we are giving our lives away for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of others. And this is a call to give your life away in a way that actually induces life in you, even though that may seem counterintuitive. This call to, to give our lives away actually activates the deepest and truest parts of who we were created to be. Matthew 10, 39 says, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We have to lose it before we can find it. And this takes practice. Service is a spiritual discipline. Giving your life away does not come naturally. I don't know if any of you have read James K.A. Smith's book, You Are What You Love, but he has this um, idea about action influencing belief. So most of us probably operate in this mode of what we believe informs what we do. And he's actually arguing for the opposite. I think it's, it's both and. But this has felt um, really true for me in these last few years of my life. Sometimes we have to practice something in order for it to become true for us. In order for it to translate from our heart or our hands to our head. And something I think about, a, an illustration for this, is when we come to the communion table each week. Sometimes, if I'm honest, I, I come to the table and I'm not believing that this is a gift. I should be, but I'm not always. I'm, I'm kind of in a hasty mode of let's just go th through this so that then we can go through that and then the service is over and whatever. But the truth of it is that every time I come to the table, when I put my hands in this posture to receive, that action is informing my belief that, yeah, I remember this is a gift that I get to receive and not just take. We don't always feel like serving. We don't always feel like others are worthy of our service. But in the serving, in the action of serving and loving one another, 
I believe that our beliefs are shaped and they're formed. So what are some practical implications here for us at Mission Cleveland in this, around this idea of service? We believe here that service is spiritual formation. It is an active part of discipleship. And it is our heart that when we ask you to serve here, this is not an invitation to burn out. This is not obligatory. We do not want to foster resentment in anyone. But this is a call to life, to true abundant life, formed by the collective interaction and collaboration of the body of Christ, of the church. So if you think practically, if you want some, some ways to serve right now, next week, you know, in the coming week, there are three main teams that we are working on developing here at Mission Cleveland. That's a hospitality team, a prayer team, and a community outreach team. Just for the sake of time, I won't go into the details about each one, but if any of those teams kind of jump out at you and you think, I want to know more, please find someone on the pastoral team. Or um, you could use that email Liz mentioned, my email, Peyton at missioncleveland.org. Grab a connection card and send us some info. We'd love to get you plugged in to one of those teams. Um, There's also just basic service participation. So processing the elements, the cross, the candles, the Bible, doing prayers of the people, reading scripture. There's so many ways that you can serve as soon as next week, if you want to, in the service. Childcare is always a huge need. If you have a heart to serve through taking care of the kiddos, we are actually, to be very open and honest, in desperate need of some childcare workers right now. Um, Kristen Matthews, our children's pastor, is not here tonight, but you could um, shoot her an email at kristen at missioncleveland.org. They're all the same, just our first name at the front. Um, and, and give her your information and let her, her know that you're interested. If you want some less formal ways um, on how to practically serve the church and serve those in this room, just reach out to someone and check in with them this week. See how they're doing. Share a meal with someone, with an individual or a family, or provide a meal for someone. Offer to keep someone's child for a date night if they don't have family or access to babysitters. Offer as you are able to ease the financial burdens of one another. Pray for one another. Call out giftings that you see in one another. Sometimes that is all it takes for someone to take that next step in their walk with Christ or in their service to the church. It's just for you to call out a gift you see. Um, in someone. Sometimes we can't see those gifts in ourselves. And if you're sitting here tonight thinking, I have no idea where I want to serve, what my gifts are, we are here to help you navigate that. We would love to sit down and pray with you and talk with you and help you process and discern what your giftings are and the ways in which you can serve here at the Mission Cleveland. And then I also just want to say, some of you may just be in this season of rest or respite or healing. Maybe you are the one who um, has experienced that burnout. Maybe you are the one who has felt that deep sense of obligation. Um, And we just want to say, rest. We bless that and we honor that. Receive. There is a season for that, and I think all of us will go through that season at one time or another. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we believe that we are called to serve, and we want to honor that here at Mission Cleveland. 
And so, again, we want to help discern with you. We want to help guide you into that place, back into the service of the church in a healthy and a life-giving way. So we are here for you. Please know that. And lastly, let me just say that we can serve and give and love like this only because our God has done that for us first and continues to do that for us daily. To close, I want to just read you a portion of a prayer from Walter Brueggemann. It's called, We Notice Your Giving. If you can focus better with your eyes closed, I invite you to do that and just listen. We recognize that you and your generosity give us more than enough. And in grateful giving, we become our true selves, breathed in the image of your son. So we ponder your generosity and are dazzled. We measure our gratitude and our capacity to be generous. We pray you're haunting us beyond ourselves and wonder at your way in love for the world you love, in praise that transforms our fear, in wonder, love, and praise, our lives beyond ourselves, toward you, a blessing in the world. Hear us as we pray in the name of the emptied, exalted one. Amen. So Mission Cleveland, may we be a church that in grateful giving becomes our true selves, breathes in the image of Jesus Christ. May we be a church that is haunted beyond ourselves. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.